0: Go ahead and open up to the book of Luke. We are now going to finish chapter 6. We're going to be finishing, actually, I might help I turn my mic on. We're going to be finishing Jesus' Sermon on the Plain. This is um, not the Sermon on the Mount like in Matthew, but called Sermon on the Plain. Um, It's the same message kind of at a different time. And so um, I'm really excited to, to finish this up today because if you've been with us, As we've been going through Luke, I feel like we've been in Luke since we've been here, but we actually started in June, right? Um, But if you've been with us throughout any of this sermon series on Luke, we have been talking about how Jesus has come into the scene, started his ministry, and what he's trying to do is show us how the kingdom's mindset is way different than our culture's mindset. Praise God for that, right? That the kingdom of God looks, thinks, acts, loves way different than our world does. Because if, if the kingdom of God was the same as heaven, I don't really want to go. Right? I, I, I'll just stay here. But the kingdom of God is, is amazing. And, and so what Jesus has been doing is he's trying to show us how the kingdom is different than our culture. And so Jesus says all these crazy things like, you need to love your enemies. Right? In our culture, that's not the case. You have an enemy, you hate them, you do everything that you can to put them in their place. And and Jesus comes and says, you need to bless those who curse you, right? Our culture, the opposite. You cuss me, I'm going to cuss you. I'm going to say a bad word, worse than the word that you called me, right? Um, And then then Jesus gets a little more radical and says, turn the other cheek. And our culture today goes, no, sir, it's going down. You slap me, we're going to handle our business, right? And so this whole time, Jesus has been trying to show us that the kingdom of God and its mindset is different than the culture. And what I'm excited about today is that Jesus, as he's finishing up his sermon here, right, he's going to deal directly with our hearts. And if you take what Jesus is saying to us in this at the end of his sermon and you take it literally, it will truly bless your entire life. What he's about to get us to do is look and see where we are rooted inside of our heart. What are the treasures in our heart? What do we focus on, spend the most time on? What is it that is in our heart? Because whatever's in our heart eventually is going to come out of our mouths. Whatever's in our heart determines what kind of person we are. And and so at the end of the sermon, you're going to have to deal with that question on your own. What is in your heart? What are you rooted in? Are you rooted in obedience towards Jesus or disobedience towards Jesus? Because you got to be, there's nothing else. Amen? And so what are you rooted in? And I told you before, I always write notes in my Bibles, right? And at some point a few years ago, I've had this Bible for a while. It says, Donnie, you're full of it. (laughs) I don't know what I was full of at that point, right? Um, But what are you full of this morning? Y'all excited? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, you're so good. Lord, it's so awesome to see that you are alive and well. Um, Thank you for allowing us to see what you're doing in Jennifer's um, life as we get to celebrate her dedicating her life to you through baptism. Um, God, I thank you that um, we're able to come and worship you um, and sing about how great you are, God, because you are truly great. But, Lord, I pray as we deal with your scripture, That you would interpret it for us, God. That you would make it so easy for us to understand that we would be able to easily apply it to our lives, God. And God, I pray um, if there's Christians in here today that are not happy with their walk with you, God. uh, Lord, I pray um, that you would um, convict us, show us areas in our lives that we need to give back over to you and become more obedient. But God, I pray if someone here isn't rooted in your love, isn't rooted in your righteousness, God, that they would make the decision to follow you today. Jesus, thank you for the fact that you're always working on our behalf. Lord, we love you. Jesus, and we pray. Amen. All right. Luke chapter 6, starting in verse 43. And it says this, uh, For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. All right. So anytime that you're reading your Bible and and the word, the scripture that you start with, starts with something like for or whatsoever or so because that means it's a continuation from the verses before. So this is for no good tree bears bad fruit. So last week, if you weren't here, I'm not going to preach that again. We talked about Jesus saying that we shouldn't be overcritical with people. Amen, right? That our measure that we extend to other people, our grace, our love, our mercy, whatever we extend to other people, that's what we are going to get in return. And, and so before we judge people and extend criticism, Jesus said that you need to look at yourself, right? Don't, look, don't worry about the speck in someone else's eye when you got a log flying out of yours, Right. And so this is a continuation of that for us to be able to judge somebody or, or this new word. Right. Or discern if somebody is good or not. Jesus gives us an example. So let's read it one more time. This verse 43. For no good tree bears bad fruit. Nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. Verse 44. For each tree is known by its own fruit. Okay, so, so what is Jesus going here? We get this example. You have two trees. Okay, This, this is going to be a real simple sermon this morning. Okay, and you can't understand this. We got two trees. There's a good tree that only produces what? Good. And it's probably because if a good tree is planted in good soil. It's rooted down deep, right, Miss Charlotte? So it's going to produce good fruit. Then you got a bad tree. Okay, what does the bad tree only produce? bad fruit, probably because it's not rooted in good soil, wasn't nursed, and so all that it does is produce bad fruit. And you know this by going up to it and seeing. I grew up in in California. We had an apricot tree in my backyard. That thing was huge. I built my tree house in that thing, and I would go and I would eat those apricots, and they were delicious, right? We made, oh man, it was awesome. I missed that tree. But you know a tree by its fruit, right? And, and then he goes on to say um, that <clears throat> figs are not gathered from thorn bushes nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. And, and so this isn't, this isn't hard to stand. understand. You, you don't go up to an orange tree and expect to pluck an apple, right? That, that, what is that called? Go ahead, say it, what's that called? blasphemy. It's crazy, right? It's ridiculous. You're an idiot if you go to an orange tree, pluck it and go, oh, I love this apple. Go ahead and bite that orange and call it an apple. See how good that thing tastes, right? It's not not hard to understand. A good tree does not produce bad fruit and bad trees do not produce good fruit. So this is the way that Jesus gives us that we can discern if a person's good or not. You look at their life and see their own fruit. Y'all with me? Okay, so to make it easier, man, I love Jesus. He's all about keeping it simple for us, right? Look at this next verse. He gives us another example. Look at verse 45. The good person, out of the good treasure of his heart, produces good. And the evil person, out of the evil treasure, produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So real simple once again. A good person is going to produce what? Good things, right? Uh, a bad person is going to produce what? Bad. I mean, this isn't, this isn't very difficult to understand, but the reason why that is, that why good people produce good, bad people do, produce bad, Jesus said because out of the abundance of their heart comes out of it. What, what's inside of your heart determines if you're this good tree producing good things or, or this bad tree producing bad things. Right. And so for us to understand, we need we need to understand that in this scenario, in this um, example that Jesus is giving, we are the trees. Right. In this example, Jesus is calling us a bunch of trees. Right. And so the man or woman is a tree. The heart of the man and the woman is the root and, and the treasure of the heart. Right. And our words and our actions are the fruit that we produce. Are you guys checking with me. Right? So we are the trees, our hearts is the root. our words and our actions are our fruit that we produce. So listen, you can tell very quickly what kind of person you are, mm-hmm. okay, we're, we're going to get into it today, right? What kind of person you are by looking at the fruit that you produce. You, you can discern someone else if they're trustworthy, if they're mercy worthy, if they're worthy of your forgiveness, if they're a good person or a bad person, only based on what they produce. Why? Because it's coming from their heart. Mm-hmm. We're going to get into it this morning, and am telling you. Why is that? Because our words and our actions, listen, our words and our actions are a direct reflection of what is in our heart. I mean, it's a direct reflection of our heart and what our hearts are full of. Right? And so here's the deal. Your speech. Okay? I can already see some of you like, oh, don't say it. Right? Your speech. The words that you communicate. The words that you use to build somebody up, to tear somebody down. The words that come out of your mouth are a direct reflection of what you have inside of your heart. Oh, boy. Right? Oh, boy. I mean, the Bible tells us, go look at Matthew chapter 12. We will be held accountable for every mumbled word that has come out of our mouth. I hate that. <laughs> I've said some dumb things in my lifetime. But we are held accountable for the words of our, that comes out of our mouth. Why? Because it's a reflection of our heart. Your actions, the things that you do, what you spend your money on, how you treat people is a direct reflection of what you have inside of your heart. So our words and our actions shows us what we're full of. And what we're full of comes out and that's what we produce. So what is Jesus doing here? Hmm? He's trying to get his followers. Remember, he's, in this sermon, he, he's de- deliberately speaking to his disciples. And the disciple is... Someone who follows Jesus. He's trying to get followers of Jesus Christ to do a self-heart examination. To look inside of your heart and see what is it full of. That's not fun, is it? So, so here's the deal. The kingdom, okay? Kingdom mindset here. We're, we're always dealing with the kingdom mindset. Because you're you're dual citizens, praise God. If you're a Christian, you have a citizenship here in the great country of America, but your citizenship is also in heaven. And so heaven, kingdom mindset says that your heart's treasure, what you spend time on, your effort, your money, what your life is rooted in, determines what kind of person you are and what kind of fruit you bear. Okay? The culture says you can separate your words separate your actions from your heart. For example, you can be full of evil, full of greed, full of gossip, full of rumors, full of envy, full of bitterness. But on the outside, look like you're a great person. It's like Sarah Palin. What she said, you can put lipstick on a pig it's still a pig. Right? Y'all remember that? The culture says you can separate your words and your actions. I'm a good person. I'm a Christian. I go to church. But on the inside, there's no evidence that Jesus Christ has transformed you one bit. Mm. I mean, that's that's what's hard for us, especially in our culture today. In East Tennessee, our culture is... is, I kind of hate it because we all grew up Going to church. How many of you grew up going to church? Go ahead raise your hand. hmm If you didn't, praise God that you're in here today because that means God's doing something, right? But most people in, in our culture today, in East Tennessee, right here, they grew up going to church. Um, they grew up going to church. They sang the songs. They, they did the Bible verses right? Um, they claim to be a Christian, but all you hear from their mouths are the the bad cuss words, not even the acceptable cuss words, right? The bad ones. The really, really bad ones, okay? All you hear is the bad cuss words, right? Um, they're skipping church, always posting on Facebook their statuses. I can't believe that they did this. So-and-so is like this. They're full of gossip, full of hate, full of revenge, full of bitterness. And so what that proves to me is that they might have said some prayer when they were younger, but they were never transformed by Jesus Christ because if you have been transformed and met by the grace and the love that Jesus extends to you there's change in your life and so there's a lot of people walking around in good old East Tennessee and throughout all of our country American Christianity is is ridiculous I promise you They got a lot of people going around saying I'm a Christian yet their hearts their words and their actions are all separated and the fruit that they're producing does not reflect Jesus transforming their hearts Y'all agree with that? Mm. Now, this, what I'm not saying is that if you are a Christian here, okay, got a bad habit of cussing, or, or a bad habit of, of of being flaky with church, or whatever. What I'm not saying is that that this whole like legalism thing, right? You guys know what legalism is. Legalism means that you believe that you have to work in order for God to be happy with you. Legal, legalism looks like you, you do all these things. You go to church, you go to Sunday school, you go to Awanas, you read your Bible, you pray, you serve, because you want to go to heaven. That's not the gospel. So what I'm not saying is that's what you do, because the Bible is very clear. You are saved by grace through faith in Christ, right? Not of yourself, not of your own work, so that you can't boast in doing it because you can't save yourself. So what I'm not saying is that, you know, you have to work it to be accepted by Christ. But the Bible is also very clear that faith without works is what? Dead. put it this way. Faith separated from your words and your actions are dead if they're not rooted in reflecting Jesus Christ transforming you. Hmm? I love you guys. Here's the opposite of this stuff. If you see somebody who claims that they're a Christian and in their life, you see the fruit of their life, you hear their words, you see their actions, and they're reflecting um, this righteousness, then you can discern, listen to what I'm about to say, you can discern that that person, are you listening? Say yes. You can discern that that person is a sinner who has been transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. Hmm? There's a difference. There's a difference between someone who's just a sinner who's never met Jesus and a sinner who's been met smack dab hit by his love and mercy. You can discern that that person has been met by Jesus Christ and his transforming grace. So listen, bad fruit bearing people. Okay, If you're a bad fruit bearing person, someone who gossips nonstop, who's constantly negative, who hates and loves to argue for arguing's sake, is are the worst kind of people, okay? Stay away. If you're one of these people, I don't want to argue with you, okay? You'll make me you mad, and I'll say one of those bad ones, those bad customers, right? But those people that are just constantly negative, full of hate, full of greed, full of envy, all they do is pass on their bitterness, pass on their misery, pass on their negativity through their fruit that they bear. And nobody wants to be around that person. How many of you want to be around that person? I do you even want to go eat from a bad fruit tree. No, it's disgusting. <laughs> you know that saying, misery loves company? Absolutely. People who have never experienced forgiveness will not forgive other people. And so what they're going to do to you is they're not going to forgive you. Right? Someone who's never experienced the love that God can extend doesn't love other people. Someone who never understood the fact that in Christ you have all that you need. If they've never experienced that, then they're jealous and envious of everything else and everybody else. Of other people's marriages, other people's material things. Right? The fruit that you bear, not being rooted in Christ, doesn't benefit you or anybody else. But a fruit-bearing Christian Passes on this fruit that comes from the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. All those fruits of the Spirit, right? You receive those through the Holy Spirit. and It's transforming your life in the areas where you need it the most. And because of you being obedient, producing fruit, it benefits not just you, but everyone around you. Right? Everything that Jesus has done. I mean, the Sermon on the Plain, the Sermon on the Mount, that's hard. It's impossible to follow those commands outside of Jesus' power. But everything that he commands us to do isn't limiting us, it's benefiting us. A lot of people in today's culture think, Man, if I become a Christian, I have to stop doing this. My life's going to be boring. I've got to sit in the pew. I've got to put on a suit and tie. Incorrect. Everything. Everything that Jesus says, does, and touches is good. Good. Think about it. The first, look at the commands. Thou shalt not kill. That benefits you and the person you're about to stab. Don't kill them. Right? Bless those who curse you. That benefits you because you don't have this bitterness inside of you that's destroying your life anymore. Huh? Forgive others. Why does that benefit you? Because you don't deal with this burden and this guilt um, that, that carries on through life when you hate somebody. If you forgive them, then it's done. Amen. Right? Do you guys see what you, Don't be critical. Why? Because no one's going to no love you. You'll, you'll, everyone will hate you if you're critical of everybody. Right? Everything Jesus does is to benefit you and so fruit bearing Christians what happens is they produce this fruit that's a direct reflection of Jesus Christ and his power transforming them and then it goes out and it pleases Jesus because it shows everybody else how great Jesus Christ is you see how that brings glory to Jesus not only is it benefiting you but Jesus is like come on look at my boy Producing that good fruit, he could have cussed, but he didn't. Right? Amen. Some of you, I've never been able to say that, right? It benefits you. So the question is, how can you become this good, fruit-bearing Christian who brings glory to Jesus Christ? And the first thing you have to do, and what Jesus has been saying this entire sermon, is you have to check your heart first. You have to check your heart first. What are you rooted in? What is your heart's treasure? Because when you're rooted in Jesus, when you're rooted in His words and being obedient to His commands, it will not limit you, it will not harm you, but it will fully enrich your entire life, enrich those people around you, and bless you in a way that you cannot imagine. Obedience only produces good fruit. Right? So how do you, if that's the case, how do you root yourself in Jesus, right? How do you root yourself in Jesus? It's very simple. Listen to me. By hearing and doing His word. Say, by hearing and doing His word. Okay, look, Jesus tells us, look at verse 47. Verse 46 and verse 47. This is how Jesus wraps up this sermon. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? Verse 47, everyone who comes to me and hears my word and does them, okay, this is obedience, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose and the stream broke against that house and could not shake it. Why? Because it had been well built. When you make the deliberate steps to reading God's word, to being in the stand, to studying it, to meditating on it, and then taking the deliberate step to being obedient to it, it's like you're digging down deep in God's roots and you're saying, that's all I want. And your heart begins to treasure the things of God and that begins to show in your life. Hmm. That's good. What that tells me is that this thing is not just words. If this thing has that much power that we can root ourselves in this, dig down deep and build our house on a rock, This thing is alive and well today. And so if obedience only produces good fruit, to be rooted in Jesus means to be in His words, be in His presence, and to be obedient to His commands. Right? Remember, this isn't legalism. Legalism means that if you want God to love you, you have to do this. God loves you despite if you do this or not. But it benefits you only if you follow Him. Huh? That's good. However, it's always the however or but, if you are not rooted in Jesus, and you're not rooted in His commands, and you're not obedient, but you're rooted in things of this world, your your heart treasures um, things of this world, you're rooted in love of money or love of lust or false idols, and you're rooted in your own passions and your own will and your own desires, all that will lead you to do is to become more disobedient to God, and all that will lead is to your own harm. Right? Look at Jesus' example here. Verse 49. The one who hears... And does not do them, right? Does not follow Jesus, is not obedient to him, is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. Who does that? Right? Does, does that make any type of sense? No. But when the stream broke against it, immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was what? Great. Great. Everything Jesus commands of us. To first acknowledge that we're sinners. Then to admit that we need Him and to follow Him. Right? That first call to follow Him. Down to us living a life obedient to this man's so All of it is for our benefit. But disobedience only leads to your own harm. And so I wasn't lying. Today is going to be a quick one, all right? So here's our here's our time of response, and what this is going to look like. I want you to look at your own life, okay? So everyone, everyone, matter of fact, just go ahead and close your eyes for me a second, okay? I'm just going to I'm just going to ask you a few questions here, okay? I want you to look at your own life. Are you happy? I mean, look at your life. Are you truly? Happy and satisfied with where you are in life? Okay? Are you frustrated? Are you mad at the world, mad at yourself, mad at your spouse, mad at your family? Are you mad and frustrated? Okay? Look at your life. Are you producing good or bad fruit? The things that are coming out of your life, your speech, your actions, are people benefiting from that? Or is it harming you and harming other people? Are you jealous of others? Or are you satisfied? Right? Keep your eyes closed. I want you to examine your mouth for a second. Are you constantly, constantly saying negative things, harmful things to yourself? Right? To other people? Are you encouraging others, building other people up? Are you a gossiper? Are you overcritical with your words? Are you using words that that help encourage and build people or to completely destroy them? Look at me. Check your fruit. If you're not producing the fruit that you want to be producing. Uh, If you're a Christian in here today, it is possible for a good tree to produce a lot of fruit and a good tree to produce very little fruit. Right? You guys understand that? If if you're a tree that's producing a lot of fruit, keep doing what you're doing. Keep, Keep serving the Lord, keep striving, keep seeking Him. If you're a Christian in here today, but you're not producing the fruit that you would like to be, Your call to obedience is you seeking Jesus as hard as you can. Bringing before him, here's my heart. Here's what's in it. I know what's holding me back. I know what's harming me. I want to be obedient in that area. That requires you to be real, requires you to be dedicated, and requires you to make action movements towards obedience. You with me? You with me? Say amen. If you're not happy with what you're producing in life, Jesus' power can transform your heart and you can produce, the Bible has to say, tenfold. And that will benefit everybody around you. Right? Obedience only produces good fruit. It's not about being perfect. Okay? You should know me by now. If you're a visitor, I love you. I'm a little different than most pastors, right? It's not about being perfect. It's about being perfected in Jesus' power. And that only comes with you striving to live as he's calling you to live. Right? If you're not rooted in Jesus, okay? If Jesus and um, following his commands are not your heart's treasure. That's not even on your radar. I love you, but the Bible's calling you a bad tree. But here, I'm willing to bet money on the fact that if you're not in Christ Jesus right now, your life is not where you want it to be. I'll bet money on the fact that you're not as happy as you can be. I'm willing to bet money that right now you feel like you're missing something, and if you're not rooted in Jesus, it's because you're missing something that you were created not to live without. And that's Jesus Christ. Huh? And so if you're not a Christian in here today, listen. The bot- this is good news. Typically what happens in cultures, especially in the biblical culture, culture, there's these guys called the high Pharisees, the high priests. And they were at a drop of a hat, ready to write you off if you were considered bad. If you were a sinner, an outcast, they were at a drop of a hat. They're done with you. Right? Our culture today, aren't we the same way? Huh? Here's the good thing about Jesus. The second Jesus stepped on the scene, right? He steps into the church, and what does he say his mission was? He said, I came here to proclaim good news to the poor. And and then later on he goes, I came here for one reason, to seek and save the lost. To heal those who are sick and in need of a physician, so what that means is that through Jesus and his power and his grace and his love and his mercy, is it writing you off for not being a follower for him? What he's doing, he said, I came here for you. That Even in your sin, even in your wickedness, even in your hard heart that's full of all these bad things, Jesus wants to come and give you a brand new one. And he can and is willing and able to change your heart. And transform you. So that you can start producing good things and benefiting others. It requires you. The Bible says in Romans. If you confess with your mouth. right, The things that you say. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart. That heart's treasure. What you're rooted in. That God raised him from the dead. The Bible promises. You will be saved be transformed, made brand new. But that has to come through the power of Jesus Christ. You can put lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig. The only way to be truly transformed and forgiven of your sin is through following Jesus Christ in obedience. And so I'm going to have the praise team come up. And what we're going to do is I just want you to examine yourself. Okay, I want you to look at your heart, look at your words, look at your actions. Are they reflecting what's happening inside of you? I mean, is it a true reflection of God transforming your life? If it's not, you need to spend some time with Jesus to really figure out where you are with him. Right? Right? If you are a Christian in here and, and you're, you just, you're frustrated with your walk with God, I know how this is. I, I, how many of you have said something like this in the past couple weeks? Um, if I can just get back to where I used to be with the Lord, man, everything would be better. How many of you said that here in the past month or so? Huh? Go ahead, raise your hands. Huh? Here's the cool thing about that. Jesus comes in and goes, hey, don't worry about the past. I got something better for you. Become obedient and I'll show you how how much more I have in store for you, right? So if you're a Christian in here and and you're not satisfied with your walk, maybe it's time to come and get serious about your obedience and how you live, act, and speak to other people and rededicate your life. But if you're not rooted in Jesus, you've never made the decision to make Him the Lord of your life and to follow after Him, you have to start with that first. And I promise you Jesus is here and there's not a heart in the world, in the universe, that his power isn't strong enough to transform. This is cliche for pastors to say, but it's absolutely true. If he can change a heart like mine, he can change anybody. I promise you that. So let's pray.